23rd of May 2022. Today is also Ewan Pra, a Lunar Observance Day. It's the eighth day of the waning moon. And it's also the commemoration on this day of uh, the um, the funeral service of the Buddha where they they offered the fire uh, to his body, or they cremated his body. So the Buddha, he passed into Phanu Nibbana on the 15th day of the sixth lunar month, which was eight days ago, in uh, Kushinara. And so the monastic Sangha that was there in Kushinara for this ceremony and also the laity um, they performed this cremation ceremony for the Buddha's body with Maha, Venerable Mahakasapa as the leader of the monastic Sangha. So we can use this opportunity to contemplate into the nature of separation and how the Buddha passed into Fana Nibbana on this occasion. But if we have, I'm sorry, for those um, monks who didn't have a deep understanding into the Dhamma, they were very saddened by his passing. It's like losing a beloved mother or father, someone who we hold the dearest in our life, in separation from them brings up great suffering. But for the Arahants, those who had truly seen uh, the Dhamma, abiding with the Dhamma, then this quality of Sangvega, um, this sense of urgency and also chastened dispassion arose. So if we contemplate this and see this as Dhamma, we see that all Sankharas, all conditioned phenomena are inconstant. They have this nature to arise and also this nature to cease as well. And this was true even for the Buddha with his great wisdom his heart that was pure, but still the sankhara of his body had to follow the law of nature, which is this um, nature of arising, existing and ceasing, which happens in due time. During his life, <coughs> he gave the highest dhamma, the highest teachings to humans and devas, brahmas, for the benefit of all beings. And this has reached us till this present day. So if we're going to talk about it in one way, we can say that the Buddha has passed away. But if we're going to use the language of the heart, then we say that the Buddha is still here. <clears throat> because he said that those who see the Dhamma <clears throat> see the Tathagata. And that's where the genuine Buddha is, in the Dhamma. And so really he hasn't left us. We just do this training so that this knowledge appears within our minds, 
and then the delusion disappears from our hearts, and we see the truth of all things, their nature, how they're inconstant, how they can't endure, and how they're not self. We listen to these things, and we understand them. We hear about how suffering is caused because of the presence of attachment and because of aversion in the mind which is delighted or uh, which is pleased by things and so that brings up suffering. So we hear that but why isn't why is it that we're not able to abandon that? Why can't we put that suffering down? We know these things but we're not yet able to abandon them. It's because the knowledge that we have is just knowledge which comes from sanya, from perception and memory. We know, for instance, that anger is no good. We know that jealousy is no good. And fear as well. Why would we want to be afraid? We know these things. But we're not yet able to put them down. And that's because wisdom has yet to arise. The knowledge that we have just comes from this memory and perception. So we hear also that the Buddha is within the Dhamma. We know that, but we don't yet see it. We think that the Buddha has left us already. We get that feeling. But if we gain knowledge into the Dhamma, then we see the Buddha right there. If we have, or however much we bring up mindfulness and clear awareness, then to that degree we're closer to the Buddha. So when things are this way, then we should try and put our efforts into this training and set our hearts on it, bringing up effort, this persistence, and setting our hearts, being sincere. And it's not above our ability if we are genuine and sincere in the practice. We try to bring our speech and our actions within the bounds of virtue, try to make our samadhi well established. And then through this, wisdom will arise, we'll gain this inner eye, this eye which allows for us to uh, see with wisdom. Because normally we see just with the outer eye and the sights, they go into our heart, but with delusion overpowering our minds, and then we gain these wrong ideas. Things that are unattractive, we see them as being beautiful. Things which are inconstant, we see as being constant. Things which are stressful, we see as being a source of happiness and things which are not self, we see as being a self. And so for us, we've all seen people getting born, and we've all seen people who have grown old and get sick, and people who have died. We've all seen that, but still the world is in such a chaotic place, state, and that's because this sight isn't genuine. We don't see following truth. And so we still argue with one another, we still fight and squabble over things in order to be able to live 
our lives the way that we want them to. Because we see that this body is stressful. And so we have to, or we do, fight with one another, squabble over food. And if the natural resources are insufficient, then this gets worse and worse. So we need to come and contemplate. Why is it that our minds don't know? And what should we do to bring up these, this knowledge? And we need to train. Because if we don't train our minds, then each life that we gain, there'll be no improvement. Things will just be like this over and over. But if we really are firm in training our minds, we gain understanding, we gain wisdom. This wisdom being this all-round comprehensive knowledge in two sankharas following their reality. So whatever sankharas conditions are like, then we know them as being that. But if there's delusion there, then they'll also, the mind will also make stuff up, it'll also proliferate. It'll bring up love and hate and anger and fear. So we may be afraid of death, afraid of ghosts and spirits. But these are things that the mind proliferates into being. But if we have knowledge arise, then we'll see this is all just natural. We'll see that it's just the same mind. There's no difference. So we need to be firm in training so that we bring about peace. But don't get stressed over the training either. Don't be too tense. We need to bring it to just the right level, get things in balance. So even though the Buddha passed into final Nibbana, but if we train ourselves so that this knowledge arises within our hearts, then we'll gain this inner confidence that the Buddha is still here because we've seen the Buddha. We see the Dhamma and we see the Buddha. And then we know for ourselves uh, that the Buddha really was awakened. He was awakened for sure. Because we have this inner witness within our heart, a witness to that awakening. So may we really be firm in this. And if we don't train, then what? Let's just be delusion overpowering the heart. And it'll be filled with suffering. It'll be this constant stress. Then each life that we have, there's constant stress there. We gain this conditioned body, and then there's old age, and then it goes through pain, it changes, and that change within the body it can be very torturous. And so there was an arahant who said that, well, I still have stress, and that there's still this body here, this body is still around. But if the khandas go, then there's no need to receive any of the, the stress or the dukkha from these khandas anymore. And when I heard this, I thought to myself, well, an arahant should just be at ease. Why is he still getting involved with the khandas like this? But that was the thinking of a little child. 
Really, an arahant isn't given to liking or disliking towards anything. But some people think if they destroy the khandas, then there will be happiness. But that really is just aversion. And there are many people who are like this, who try to gain happiness through destroying their own bodies. But really what they gain is suffering. There's no peace to be found through that. But what the arahants do is they let these khandas go, following their causes and conditions. And when the um, body breaks apart, then they go into Nibbāna. And really they're in Nibbāna already. It's just Nibbāna with the khandas still there. But when the khandas go, then the mind which doesn't have any defilements within it, and doesn't take another birth. So there's no more birth, no more death. Because that energy to bring the mind to birth just doesn't exist within the mind. But for us, we still have birth and death. And that's because we have this energy of delusion present in the mind. And that's what drags us into another birth and another death, going on and on experiencing dukkha, the stress, all the while. And we can also look at this in terms of the mind, that there's this birth into a self. And that's also constantly stressful, the mind being born into a self. So we need to be firm in this practice. But for the most part, we just study, and we know, but that knowledge, it doesn't reach the truth. It's not genuine knowledge. We know, but we can't yet put things down. We know that anger or jealousy is not good, but we're not yet able to abandon that. So what we need is a knowledge that comes from bhavana mayapanya, and this knowledge uh, through mental cultivation, through meditation. And it's a deep knowing, an incredible knowing. And really the Dhamma at this point is incredible. So when our knowledge grows and grows, <coughs> then the wisdom also grows. We're able to abandon more and more things and the mind becomes brighter and brighter. And this is something that's possible for us to achieve, to reach, if we set our hearts on it, if we just carry on and we don't give up. And especially for the monastics, that we're the leaders, so we need to really take this for real, take this training of the mind for real, and really give it all we've got. And so we've given up much already, we may have gained a lot of knowledge in the world, may have graduated with a bachelor degree or a master's degree. Uh, but we've come to take up this practice. So may we really sincerely practice so that we can reach inner peace. And when the mind is still and peaceful, then we'll gain understanding. But that, that understanding is yet unclear is because our wisdom is fuzzy. And so we need a mind that is peaceful 
And we use the samatha kamatanas, these calming meditation objects, to bring that about. We can recollect the elements or death or bring the mind to the breath and use that to bring the mind to peace. Or even while we're engaged in work, then we can contemplate and we can use our wisdom to bring about inner peace. That's also possible. And so is the father of one of the monks here who was cutting grass. And then he contemplated into that, seeing how this grass is something that changes, it's inconstant. And even though I've cut it now, tomorrow it's going to grow again. And it changes like this. You could see the Dhamma within that activity. And then he brought that back to himself, thinking that this life is the same, that these cells, they break apart, they die, and if they're not replaced in time, then degeneration of the body occurs. There's old age, and then there's illness, and then it gets to a point where uh, the body just can't go on. And so at this age, you can also get very bored of food as well. The body just doesn't really accept food anymore. There's a feeling of not wanting to eat, like we're ready to go already. And some people have got a lot of merit. They can depart very easily, uh, with ease. So therefore, may we sincerely train so that we see the Dhamma, and so that we gain this peace of mind, and wisdom arises. And so may all of you, both the monastics and laity, set your hearts on this. <laughs>